0: Welcome to Get Yourself Back, a podcast designed especially for those recovering from narcissists. Here, I teach you how to heal, how to feel lasting peace, lead with love, and create the life you want, no matter what you've been through or who is in your life. Hi, I'm Laura, by the way, and I'm the coach for people dealing with narcissists who have lost themselves trying to survive. It's time to get yourself back. Let's go. Hey folks, welcome back to the five step series on how to heal from narcissist abuse. So, the first step was learning how to take responsibility for yourself, your emotions, your thoughts, and your actions. The second step was to establish boundaries, the truest way to show love to yourself and others. And most recently, we covered the antidote to all narcissism unconditional self love. So, today, we're going to dive in to the fourth step. This is the nitty gritty, the brass tacks of the work I take my clients through every single week, mind management. All right, Mind management means that you are aware of what is happening in your inner world, your mind and your body. So these are your thoughts, the sentences in your mind, the emotions that you're feeling, and then you're aware of the actions that you take from those emotions, and you can see their connection to your outside world reality. This step is so important. It is the set of tools that you will use for the rest of your life to create peace Safety, healthy relationships, more money, more love, build your business, go furthering your career, lose weight, be a better parent, deal with your parents and in laws better, etc. Mind management is really learning how to break down one by one the thoughts you are having that are creating your reality. This is actually putting self-responsibility into action. It's examining exactly what gets in the way of setting good boundaries or loving yourself. It's so much fun. (laughs) And it's what I do every day with myself and my clients. Are you ready? All right. So these tools that I'm about to explain have been developed by many other coaches that have come before me. I did not invent them. Specifically, you can look to Brooke Castillo, who organized what she calls the model. We'll get into that in a minute. And also Byron Katie. She does what she calls the work, right, which is the same sort of process. Uh, Tony Robbins also has written books about the mind-emotion connection since the 90s. He's a really great life coach, one of the originals. And also in the 60s, Dr. Maxwell Maltz studied this mind or thought, emotion, action, reality connection, not necessarily in those many words, but for sure he was one of the pioneers to develop this work. So Brooke, who's my coach, one of my coaches, (laughs) developed the simplest way to understand this connection between your thoughts and your reality, which is called the model. In it, she laid down the five-step pathway from brain to outside world. So if you're listening and you're able to take notes, I want you to write down the following letters. C, T, F, A, R. So these letters stand for Circumstances, Thought, feeling, action, and result. Basically, what this means is that there are neutral circumstances you experience in life. Like your mother-in-law said words. (laughs) Your husband didn't take out the trash. Your ex filed for custody, right? Then we have a thought about those neutral circumstances, such as my mother-in-law hates me. My husband doesn't care about the house or this custody battle is going to break me. Now, those thoughts are the actual source of your emotion, not the circumstances themselves. So the words your mother-in-law said didn't cause your emotion. It was the thought you had where you said, or your your, your thinking was, my mother-in-law hates me that caused the emotion. So if you think that thought, my mother-in-law hates me, What is the emotion that appears in your body? For me, it's fear. Sometimes it's sadness, right? Don't worry, my actual mother-in-law doesn't hate me. I I love her very dearly. (laughs) But if I were to think that she did, I would feel pretty sad about it, right? Because it's sad. It's sad if someone that you care about doesn't care the same way about you, right? Or maybe it's really scary. Maybe you, you, you feel a lot of fear when you think that someone really hates you. And it might be true. I'm not saying that your thought is a crazy thought, right? Maybe she does hate you. We don't know. But the thought in your mind that is present is the source of the emotion. So what do you do when you feel sad or anxious? In this situation, let's say your mother-in-law says words and you decide she totally hates me. Maybe what you do To deal with that thought and that emotion in your body is you call to confront her or maybe you withdraw from her entirely or maybe you call your sister-in-law to vent about it. Maybe you don't show up to family events. Maybe you start thinking new thoughts like she doesn't want to be around my kids. She never wanted me to marry her son. I'm a total failure in her eyes, right? New thoughts start popping up that create even more emotion. And so what does your life look like? As a result of the action you've taken, who are the people in your inner circle? What job do you have? How much money do you have or debt in the specific instance of your mother-in-law? What does your experience of your extended family like? What is that experience like for you? Those are your results. And these results are caused because thoughts, then emotions, and then actions that you took in response to those circumstances created your reality. So I wanna pause right here and I emphasize a crucial truth that if you understand right now, you get all the power back in your life. Your thoughts are the cause of your emotions every single time. It's your thoughts. It's not the difficult person in your life. It's not the things that happen to you that create your emotion. It 100% is your thoughts. How do we know this? Okay, let's say, switching gears here, you're overweight and you live in the United States. People, including you, may have thoughts about your weight. I'm so fat. Fat is bad. I should be skinnier, right? These thoughts will happen if you're overweight in the United States, right? And you might feel shame about that. However, your exact same body, should you put it in certain other countries around the world, people will have completely different thoughts, Like, oh, she must be rich or this kind of body is more desirable than smaller bodies. (laughs) And you'd feel differently. You might even feel proud or confident of your body, right? Notice that the body is the same in both situations. The weight has not changed. The shape has not changed. It is the thoughts, the thoughts that have changed, right? And those thoughts create different emotions, right? That is bad. I should be skinnier creates shame or this girl is really rich or she is way more attractive than skinny girls, right? In a different country, right? That would probably make you feel proud or confident, but it's not the body size or the number on the scale that creates confidence. It 100% is your thought about it. Sometimes it's hard to see because it happens so quickly, right? Have you ever gotten on the scale and dreaded the number and then saw a number that you really didn't wanna see and immediately your body fills with shame and regret and anger and all kinds of other negative emotions and you don't even see or feel or hear the thought passing through your mind. You know why? Because our brains are very efficient and this thought, if you've been thinking it over and over and over again, actually goes deep into your subconscious and the thought, emotion, action chain is like super fast. It just goes, it's just, it's, it's just like happens in an instant because it's it's so efficiently created. Uh, The brain really loves efficiency. That's how it survived over the last several, several thousand years, millennia. So any emotion that you have is caused by a thought every single time, without exception, this is how emotion is created. So your brain perceives its outside world and your thoughts process all of the data. There's so much data that comes to your brain. And so your thoughts are ways to process all of that data coming through your senses, right? So that it can survive the circumstances, right? It processes a tiger running at you as bad. So your body fills with fear and adrenaline so that you can run away faster and survive. Your brain processes words, people say, as loving, right? This is loving. This person loves me. So that you know to stay with them because you're more likely to survive around people who love you than around people who hate you, right? So speaking of emotion, I don't want to overlook an extremely important part of using these tools to manage your mind, okay? So we talked about recognizing the thought, seeing or feeling or hearing the sentence that passes through your mind and seeing how it creates the emotion. I want to talk about processing that emotion right now. We will probably do an entire other episode about emotional processing because it's a really important thing. Um, And we'll go into depth on it uh, when we do that. But for now, we're just going to talk about the basics. Okay. So the emotion in your body is a lot less of a choice than your thoughts right? Because your thoughts you have a choice about. We'll talk about that in a minute. And that's why we focus on changing the thought instead of changing the emotion. Because your emotion is the chemicals that flow from your brain to the rest of your body so that it knows what to do. So if you're having a panic attack, telling yourself you can stop that is like trying to stop an oncoming train. You, You can't stop it. You can't make it go away, right? It's like causing your own heart to stop, or it's like stopping your own blood flow. That's just not how that works. But you can manage the emotional response, of course, you can manage a panic attack as as best you can. You can practice. But making it stop or go away, go away, sorry, making it stop or go away really easily is not what we do here. Instead, we aim to process the emotion out. What this means is that you allow emotion you stop resisting the emotion even if it's uncomfortable this is not easy but the more you practice just letting go of trying to make that emotion go away right now the better your life will be okay it's like it's like a that, that paper finger trap you know the more you pull your fingers apart the tighter the trap is on your fingers and the more relaxed and the more you let it go, the looser its grip will be on you. That's how emotion works. It's designed to flow. It's not designed to stay. It will process out no matter what it is as you just sit and be with the emotion. So what does this look like? It looks like noticing the emotion when it happens in your body. Let's say you're feeling anxiety. Notice it. What does anxiety feel like for you? Describe it. Is it a tightness in your chest, a high vibration sensation, are your hands shaky, is your breathing speeding up? Our brains are designed to try to make pain go away as fast as possible, so it will not want to sit and stay with the anxiety, but I challenge you to try it. Describe what color the anxiety is, what texture is it, how fast it is. How does it travel through your, throughout your body or does it stay in one place? I promise you, the more you try to sit with your emotion, the more slippery they become and you find they pass so much more quickly than if you're resisting it and trying to force it to go away. So just give it a try. See how it goes. Notice the next time you start to feel emotion in your body and just allow it and describe it and be with it. Because emotion is a naturally flowing experience in your body. It just comes and goes all the time. Um, All emotion is designed like this. Even happiness, even joy, they all just come and go. You get to ride the wave of emotion every single day. And it's truly a gift, even the hard ones. All right. So let's recap. So there are neutral circumstances outside your body in the world. Your brain uses thoughts. To process and give meaning to the neutral circumstances around you so that your body can have the proper emotion to survive the situation. This emotion is the fuel that creates the action that you take that allows you to survive. So, how do we apply this to what we're dealing with right now, specifically recovering from abuse, right? So, the big The main big emotions that people dealing with narcissists are experiencing are shame, guilt, and fear. Those are the big three. There's plenty more, obviously, but these are the main main ones. Shame, guilt, and fear are very painful. And because we experience these emotions regularly, we have adapted to their presence by taking certain actions that mitigate those emotions, but create results in our lives that we don't want. So for example, let's say... Let's say you have a mom and she says words like, why don't you call me anymore? It's really sad that kids don't call their parents like they used to, right? This sentence works in two ways and it happens lightning fast. So you really have to slow it down and think about it. So it communicates, one, your mom's emotion. And in this case, it's probably sadness, maybe grief, maybe disappointment. And number two, it's designed to create guilt in you. So guilt is created in your mind when you think kids should call their parents more. And I'm a bad person because I don't do enough for my parents, right? This thought is the source of the guilt, not the words that come out of your mother's mouth. <laughs> I promise you this is true. So this is what happens, right? They know that that feeling of guilt that has been created inside of you totally sucks and that you don't want to feel that guilt so you will likely be motivated to get rid of the guilt by saying something to them that you know will stop them from feeling sad like oh you're right I'll, I'll i should call you more i'll totally call you more i'm so sorry but you don't actually want to call more you're busy with work and kids and your own life and you genuinely feel that you call this person enough but so that you don't have to feel the guilt, you decide to squeeze in a few extra hours so that you you could have spent on your own self-care or on something you really wanted to call more often. So now you have a new result. Your result is that, number one, you don't have to feel guilt. That's great news, right? But at what cost? What is your reality now? Are you more stressed about lack of time? Do you have less of what you really want now? And then when you notice your stress and your lack, you start to blame your mom. You start to resent her for making you call her more often. And now it's her fault that you have the kind of life that you have that you don't want. You have stopped doing enough for you. Okay, so let's put that into that model we talked about, the CTFAR. Okay, so in this circumstance line, you put mom says, quote, Why don't you call me more? It's sad kids don't call their parents, end quote. All right? Your thought is, I'm a bad person because I don't do enough for her. That's your your thought. That came from your brain. It probably happened really, really fast, but this is where you put taking responsibility for your thoughts into action right here. What is the thought that you had when she said those words? Okay? Then your feeling was guilt. And then in your A-line, you say, whatever it is that you're inspired to do because of the guilt, right? Maybe tell her that you'll call more, spend more time than you want to talk talking on the phone, put off projects, put off other goals, blame her for what you're not doing, resent her for making you call, more, call her more, don't manage your time, right? And your result is, are you ready for this? Your result is you don't do enough for you. Notice how a version of the thought in the T-line in this model actually can show up in your results. You think you're not doing enough, which actually creates you not doing enough. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. And it works every time. It's the coolest thing ever. All right. So let's pivot for a second. So I emphasized earlier that thoughts create emotion, right? Now I want to emphasize that all your thoughts create your results. Your thoughts create your life, the experience of your life and the physical, actual results in your life every single time. You are not a victim to anyone or anything. Your life is 100% in your hands. This might be new information to you because the people that hurt you rely on you not knowing this so they can keep hurting you, right? And they hurt you because they want to feel better. Now, it's true. You can't control your circumstances. You can't control what other people say or do. You can't control the weather. You can't control the economy. But you can control your thoughts every single time. It's not always easy. Sometimes we forget to do it. But seriously, thoughts are choices. Uh, I recommend highly reading the book Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. He really illustrated... The meaning of you really can't control your thoughts in any circumstance because he survived the Holocaust and he had different thoughts about his experience than other people, which isn't to say that you should think things, okay, but you could if you wanted to, all right? Notice the difference there. So you choose your results every single day. Even if right now you feel like you didn't choose your results, I promise you you did. <laughs> Does that make you a bad person? No, it doesn't. I'm not trying to create shame for you. I don't want you to feel guilt or or shame about any of this. This is a this is designed to be empowering, right? I promise you you created the results that you have. You are not a bad person. It's been it's your brain that has been trained to create your results on autopilot. This is how you learn to survive. And some of the things that you don't want in your life were created because you wanted to survive the situation and this is the cost you were willing to pay, all right? But now is your chance to break the programming, to change the narrative of your life, to take back control everything you feel that's out of control about your own results, okay? It's learning to see how your thoughts learning to see your thoughts as they flash across your mind. It's gaining the awareness of what sentences are floating around in there, what emotion is happening in your body automatically and how that emotion is constantly motivating each and every action that you do. This chain reaction is happening all day, every day, over and over and over. We have 65,000 thoughts per day. Our brain is very efficient and it will do what those thoughts tell them to do. It will feel what those thoughts tell them to feel. And if we are not aware of this, it will always happen on autopilot, okay? So you've probably heard of journaling as a tool to help manage your trauma, to help heal from abuse, right? This is an important tool. Journaling in and of itself is so fantastic. Just getting your thoughts and emotions out on paper is therapeutic on its own. So if you haven't already developed this practice, I highly recommend you get on it as fast as possible. But this is a chance right now to actually do uh, something with what you have written in your journal. So there's, there's processing and just writing your journal out. That's good enough. But using the model is using what you've written in your journal and doing something with it, right? So you can look at the sentences that you've written and see how they create your emotion and see how they create your actions and your reality. So let's try it. Start by sitting down, get a pen and paper, and just write out everything that comes to your mind. What is bothering you? What do you think about it? What are you feeling about it? What are you doing about it? What does your life look like? Okay, get it all out on paper. And when you're done, then I want you to write the CTFAR model. Line them up on top of each other so you can fill them in. And then go back to all the sentences that you wrote down and pick out one sentence that stands out. Just pick one, doesn't matter which one. Write that sentence in the thought line or the T line. So what is the neutral circumstance that triggered this thought in your mind? Put that down in the C line. How does this thought feel in your body? Allow yourself to feel it, to process it out, To connect with it, maybe it's guilt, maybe it's shame, maybe it's frustration, maybe it's anger. Connect with that emotion, and and keep going. Do your best to fill in all the lines. What is it that you do when you feel this way, right? And then what is your reality because you took certain actions? So if this exercise is a little bit challenging for you, don't worry. Just keep practicing. Just try it out. Awareness. Is the most important thing you don't have to do this model thing perfectly it's just a tool pick it up if you want to if you don't put it down it's really optional now if you want help with models that's what I'm here for I've been trained to see the thoughts that are hard to see so feel free to reach out send me an email I'd be happy to help you with your model and of course if you want even more depth with that, um, you, you can explore the possibility of working together on a more consistent basis. You can always contact me to book a free consult, Lara at ByTheWayCoaching.com. That's always available to you. Now, at this point, I want to take the time to emphasize another important thing, that just because your thoughts create your emotions doesn't mean that you shouldn't feel emotion that has been created by your thoughts, Right. So especially for those of us who've been trained to feel shame ourselves, right, for doing the wrong thing, I want you to hear me loud and clear. Yes, you have a choice in how you think and feel, but you get to choose that you're okay with what you're feeling. Let's say that you're fully aware that the thoughts about your mother-in-law are creating frustration, anger, and sadness for you. Now, does that mean you have to change those thoughts to make the feelings go away? Absolutely not. If you want to feel sad or angry, that's fine. Be sad or angry or frustrated or whatever it is you want to feel. Seriously, there is no thought police. (laughs) There is no one saying you should change your thoughts and emotions, right? These tools are designed with people in mind who have already decided that they no longer want to feel the way that they're feeling, right? You pick up this tool when you want to use it. this This is for when that feeling... Is creating a reality in your life that you want to change. So so you get to have fun with it because you get to decide if you like your results or not, no matter what anyone else is saying around you. Many times, many times others are going to have their opinion about how they think your life should be, right? This does not mean that you use these tools to make them happy. You are the captain of your ship. So if you want to feel an emotion, even if it's negative, that's great own it. You're allowed to do that. Okay. If you're ready to move on from the emotion, that's when you pick up the tools and you start to gain awareness. And then we move towards changing those thoughts and emotions to create new results. Okay. So how, how do we change that model that we have to something that we actually want that creates a result that we really want in our lives? Okay. It's very simple. Ask yourself this question. What do I want instead? (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, what, what result do you want? Do you want someone else to change? Why? Get curious. Okay. Let's go back to the original model, right? So circumstance mom says, why don't you call me more? It's sad. Kids don't call their parents, right? Your thought was I'm a bad person because I don't do enough for her. And then you feel guilt, etc. So what do you want instead of that model in an ideal world? What would your life be like? Is it that she doesn't give you a guilt trip? Boy, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not something we can control, okay? So let's try again. Why Why is it that you want her to stop giving you the guilt trip? What would you get to feel if she stopped saying those words? Would you get to feel safe? Would you get to feel calm? All right, so let's plug it in. Let's reverse engineer it a little bit. So let's keep the circumstance Mom says, why don't you call more? It's so sad kids don't call their parents. Let's keep that in quotations too, because it's very neutral. Now, your thought we haven't figured out yet, but we know that we want to feel a certain thing. We want to feel calm in this model. Okay, so what would you be thinking about your mom and what she said that would create calmness for you? This is a, this is a, a tricky question. It requires a little bit of extra thought definitely take the time to explore this. Okay. And if it doesn't happen right away, that's totally fine. Just keep working at it. All right. So how about in this case, you think a thought like, it's okay if she's disappointed. I love her and I call her exactly as often as I should. What emotion is created when you think this sentence? I call her exactly as often as I should. For me, Right in this moment, it actually creates calmness for me. I like just feel relief. (laughs) And that calmness helps me to take different kinds of action, right? I feel really calm. So I'm not going to spend more time on phone calls that I don't want to spend time on phone calls, right? I could, I could spend that time doing things I actually want to do, right? I, then I also, I stop resenting her and I stop blaming her. I feel calm and collected. And now what's my result? Now I have the time that I want, right? Now I have exactly what it is that I should have. I call her exactly as often as I should. And I've created calmness in my mind and in my life. How fun is that, right? So sometimes, sometimes we come up with thoughts for our new models and those thoughts Don't reach our emotion because we don't believe them. You might run into this as you try doing the exercises. You might think, well, in an ideal world, I would think this, right? But if you don't feel and connect with it emotionally, that thought that you've created right away, that's okay right? What that means is is that your brain doesn't believe that it's possible. Your brain doesn't believe that it's true. This is why the tool of affirmations can be a little tricky. I love affirmations and I highly recommend them, okay? But if an affirmation is going to work, you have to really emotionally connect to the affirmation. And in order to do that, you have to believe that they are true or that they could be true. So creating belief is an essential part of creating new models. Notice when your mind immediately rejects the new thoughts. So as my coaching mentors have said, it's like trying on clothes at the store. Sometimes the new thoughts don't fit or they feel weird. You don't need to force it. Just keep looking for ones that feel true. And if there's one that you really want to be true, but you're for sure rejecting it, you don't have to throw that away. You don't You can keep it, right? You don't have to give up on it, but it will take a little bit of time. Allow your mind to chew on it for a while because your brain will accept new thoughts. If you keep teaching it new thoughts, it just, you just have to be patient and, and keep thinking it over and over again. So for example, this is where the tools come in, where you write the sentence down on a sticky note and you put it on your mirror to see every single day, right? Or you put it on your, your phone lock screen so that every time you look at your phone, you're, you're you're experiencing this new thought and you keep seeing it over and over again. This is how you teach your brain to retrain itself, either by choosing thoughts that you already believe that, that bridge you to what it is that you want or by training yourself uh, to believe a new thought that you don't quite believe right now, but you'll you will eventually believe as you keep practicing as you keep thinking it and um, seeing it over and over. So this process, this exercise of running through the model, processing your emotion, creating new thoughts okay It's not easy all the time, but I promise you it is worth every effort. You can do it on your own. you can, you can do it with a coach too. It, it really doesn't matter. Uh, a coach will help walk you through the process or you can practice it on your own and figure it out. But either way, it is up to you to do the work, to change the thought processes in your mind. If you want to change your life, if you want to heal, if you want to create safety and uh, the results that you actually want, right? This is how I've done it. And I know that you can do it too. If you are willing to do the work, And this, this whole episode was the work. So you can re-listen to this episode as many times as you need to really get the process down. All right. All right. So that was a lot of information. I hope you got something out of this. Uh, Next time we make it to the last step, emotional resilience, step five. It won't be nearly as heavy, I promise, (laughs) but feel free to reach out. I'm here to help answer your questions. If you want one-on-one guidance, I'm here for you as well. Whatever it is that you need, please reach out. My email address is lara at bythewaycoaching.com. And, or you can DM me on Instagram at laura by the way coaching. Whatever it is you need, I'm here for you. I am your coach. I want to help you through this process so that you can create whatever it is that you want so you can be in control of your life. So you can gain that awareness so that you're not just living your life on autopilot, reacting to everyone's words and actions and being driven by emotion you don't want to be driven by, right? This is how you break free. So please, if you need help, I'm here for you. I'd be happy to help with anything you need. All right. All right. So that is it. That is step four. All right. Until next time, I hope you have a fabulous day talk to you soon. Hey there. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, working one-on-one with me just might be what you're looking for. I invite you to book a consultation. It's a free one-hour conversation focused entirely on your situation that will change your life. Email me directly at laura at bythewaycoaching.com to get started. Can't wait to see you soon.